The Calgary Flames finally unveiled their head coach to the public on today's episode of Locked on Flames. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Locked On Flames. I am your host, Nick Sararis, holding it down for just the next two days. Today, going to talk all things Adam Huska. Adam Huska. Ryan Huska. Terrible start, Nick. Terrible start. Adam Adam Huska was a goaltender in the Rangers and the Bruins system a long time ago. I keep mixing the names up. I apologize. Ryan Huska's unveiling to the public as Flames head coach yesterday. We're going to talk about the impressions from the press conference, the messaging from Conroy and Huska, and what it all kind of means going forward. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed to Lockdown Flames wherever you get your podcast available on YouTube as well. We got your team covered every single day. Let's get to it. We have been, when I say we, Jess and I, and Flames fans at large, We've been waiting for this. It, it, it took a little while to get here. There was definitely a long winding process. A lot of candidates in this field that got weeded out over the course of time. You got to remember the Flames fired Daryl Sutter a couple weeks after Brad Tree Living resigned the po- his job. So that kind of meant the Flames were starting behind other teams, but they still... They conducted a thorough search. From what we understand, they talked to upwards of 15 candidates. There were several rounds of interviews. And that there was a final four that the Flames felt pretty good about. And amongst that group, Huska, Mitch Love, we believe Travis Green, and maybe Todd Reardon, but not as much confirmation on those last two in Green and Reardon. So, that press conference, very interesting the the dichotomy the differences between daryl sutter and between the way that huska presented himself and just the energy being so vastly different it 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 made things i don't want to say comforting but i think that's the right word everybody in the organization around the organization jess and i included is a little sensitive right now we're we're a little worried based on how last season went i mean you got to recall the flames had reasonable expectations last year they were coming off a season where they were over 100 points one of the best teams in the entire league and yeah they lost some good players but the drop off from two years ago to this past season was kind of insane when you think about it in the the big picture aspect of of this entire situation so changing the coach imperative and and that's what's good about this is a month and a half ago, two months ago, when the regular season ended, Jess and I were pretty convinced that Daryl was going to stay, Brad was going to leave, and that they were going to get a GM who wanted to work with Daryl. But the exit interviews playing out the way they did, it got it got Daryl out of here. It got Daryl up out of here. And now the Flames can start the next chapter of what their organization is going to look like. So I, I, the first segment I have titled here on the graphic, if you're watching on YouTube, is the body the body language doctor, which is something Bill Simmons, the sports columnist, the ringer guy, has been talking about forever. It's just, what's a guy look like? Is he happy to be here? Is he got good posture? Is he smiling? Is he making eye contact with people he's speaking to? And very quickly, you see Huska giving these 
these detailed answers that there that there's some thought behind the words as they're being said that you feel like he believes what he's saying he's not just up there obfuscating making a reporter's job more difficult the presser starts conroy and huska walk up to the podium conroy points out that huska's family is there then the floor is given to huska huska makes a point of noting that there's three flames alumni there's matt stajak Curtis Glencross and Mike Commodore in the room. He ties it back to a story from when he was in elementary school, when he was eight years old, that his his junior, his hockey team won a contest to have two members of the Calgary Flames. And I want to make sure I get their names right. Colin Patterson and Joel Otto came to have breakfast with eight-year-old Ryan Husko, which was quite the quite the impression. And I, I think it's a really cool full, full symmetry moment, full circle moment that we can touch on. Uh, the press conference itself, you know, pretty standard. It's hard to lose your introductory press conference as a coach. I mean, the most obvious one that sticks out in my mind is Nick Sirianni, who was hired to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. And he had a weird one. He was stuttering. He definitely was a little nervous up there. And then there's Ben McAdoo, who the Giants hired, who was wearing a suit that very clearly didn't fit him, which was memorable, but for different reasons. That didn't really sink him. And Sirianni's one of the best coaches in the entire NFL. So, you know, it, it's really hard to lose your introductory press conference because it's an opportunity to give a, spun, a stump speech. There's no rebuttal. There's no counterpoint. And no reporter is going to ask you a difficult question. Sure, there are some questions that are going to require a little bit of thought. But at the very least, if you, again, real major key for me, you need to be able to articulate your thoughts, whatever the forum, to the guys in the room, to the fans, if you're talking to the fans, to the media, if you're talking to the media, if you cannot articulate your answer to a question succinctly and descriptively, then I, I worry that you're not going to be able to communicate with your players, that you're going to just fall back on your tropes, your your habits, whether they're good or bad, and that's going to become your crutch and what you lean on. It's going to be like a relationship when in, in your early 20s where you're both a little bit too comfortable and you start letting things go because, hey, we're comfortable, everything's fine, and then before you know it, you know, you're, you're not in as good of a fine situation. But I digress on that point. This is an opportunity. That's Every time you change a coach, a general manager, this is an opportunity to change the direction of your team. You feel pretty good about where you are at now. Last season, season from hell. No disputing that. You lose all those one-goal games. You have two goaltenders who don't even muster up league average save percentages. Your power play regresses dramatically. You have guys dealing with Nick who are nicked up. You don't have Chillington at all last season. I understand why things went as poorly as they did last year. It, it, it makes sense. Like, genuinely, they had as the Flames had an all-time string of bad luck married with a situation that was pretty toxic. I mean, you had several players rescind trade requests once Daryl was fired from the organization. That goes to show you just how bad this was and why changing the coach was absolutely necessary. It would have been insane to go on with Daryl as the coach based on how last season went, especially how it ended. And then because you needed a new GM, if you brought in a GM specifically because they could work with Daryl, and next season was more of the same toxic, unproductive environment, Why'd you bring in a new GM to work with the coach if the coach had that short of a leash? And that's why the clean break from both Tree Living and Sutter, at least conceptually, all of this makes sense. And this is something I, I wholeheartedly believe in. If you are making decisions with sound process, where I can understand the position you're coming from, why you're doing what you're doing, 
that at the very least makes me feel confident that you understand what does and doesn't work. If it doesn't work out, at least you had good process. You can go back in, you can retool your process a little bit. Maybe we want to emphasize somebody with a little bit more of this or that, but at the very least, you know what you're looking for. And I think the process playing out the way it did kind of showed that the flames don't feel like they need that much. They feel like they just needed a better environment. And that really does start with the coach. The coach sets the tempo, the GM trickles down, the president trickles down, and the owner trickles down. That's why... I, Every cliche business book you'll ever read says you, your company is reflected in your leadership, your, whoever your leaders are, whoever your leadership is, that is going to set the tone for the rest of your organization. And that's why Daryl having the role he did and being able to back channel all the way up to the owner of the team was such an untenable situation for everybody involved. And it made it really challenging for anybody to have any modicum of success, because if the GM is cut out of the process he's not included really easy for that gm to not have as much power and be able to make decisions and he's it dis, when you disempower somebody above you in your hierarchy and your um your chain of command that's going to make you less accountable which is ultimately what ended up happening we know for a fact that tree living wanted to fire daryl sutter in season last year and ownership would not let him so before we move on to talk a little bit more about some of the messaging, some of the quotes I pulled out of the press conference that I found interesting, we're going to talk about our friends at eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. want to thank everyone for hanging out with me here on this Tuesday afternoon. The Flames finally gave us something to talk about. And we here at Locked on Flames got your team covered every single day. Favorite podcasting platform on YouTube as well. Dropping as much insightful content as we possibly can to make you a better fan. Because that's ultimately my goal from any content I do, whether it's here, whether it's stuff I write, whether it's TikTok, whether it's YouTube, I want people to have more information so they can make better decisions. Remember, sports are a product. If your team is not doing stuff you like, you shouldn't give them your money. You shouldn't endorse their decisions with your money. And sure, that might seem a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That That's a little bit, uh, foolhardy maybe a little bit too idealistic but that's the idea here giving you guys actionable information to make better decisions so speaking of decisions one of the key points for me 
when I'm evaluating decision makers, whether it be a coach, general manager, those types of people, the not players, is the messaging. What are they trying to get across? Because it's very easy to go up there and prognosticate. It's very easy to go up there and do a stump speech. That That's really the the um, the trope that a lot of these coaches, regardless of the sport, fall into is they have a few key points that they always fall back on, like the way a politician has a stump speech. You have your pillars of your campaign, your, I don't know, low taxes, higher taxes, environment, military, whatever. You have your things. Well, we forecheck aggressively. Well, we're really good on the penalty kill. Well, I want to have this. I want to have that. It's really easy to fall back on that. So one of the first thing I want to touch on here is something that Con- Conroy said. So, quote, I wanted a good communicator, a leader, someone that can inspire the group to play sound defensive hockey with structure. Jess and I talked about it a lot on the show during the course of this season. When the Flames would get hemmed in their own zone for extended periods of time, And yes, that is by design. When the other team is wearing you down, cycling you out, that is to force a breakdown in your structure. But it seems like so many of those one-goal games, those overtime losses, they came down to breakdowns in zone where somebody overcommitted to one side or somebody didn't pass off an assignment properly. So a, a, a real identification of an issue, messaging, direct. We identified this problem. We want to be more sound defensively, structurally. The next part of that, the next part of that point, quote, on the offensive side, and this is um, Huska speaking, on the offensive side, I want our guys to be creative and kind of take it to the next level offensively because they're so skilled nowadays. All the guys, you want to let them have that kind of free reign to go about doing what they do best, which is hopefully a lot of goals. And again, this is a great point to hear. The NHL is going towards offense first. All of the professional major sports are geared towards offense. Offense is more exciting. Casual fans are more inclined to watch a game with a lot of scoring as opposed to a little bit of scoring. So you're going to see it in the rule changes, in the way games are officiated, in the equipment modification rules. All of the little things that exist to kind of benefit the offense. And it's why banking on having great defense and good goaltending is it's the hardest way to win. I'm not saying it's impossible. You can definitely win, especially in the regular season with good goaltending and defense. But in the playoffs, when there are fewer scoring chances, when you're playing better opponents, it's really hard to win games 2-1, to 3-2. to two. Those low scoring, those slogs, those really challenging low event games, it's really hard to win those consistently because only a handful of plays are going to swing those games. So a clear identification of this process that, hey, we might be good defensively. We think that we can get a good season out of Jacob Markstrom and Daniel Vladar or Gustav Wolf. But we need to score more. We have talented players on this team like Jonathan Hubergo and Nazem Kadri and Andrew Mangiapane. We think we can get more out of them offensively. We just got to take the handcuffs off. We got to let them cook. We got to let them get in the offensive zone, look for those cross-team passes, get the goaltenders moving, get the defenses moving, and really try and get the puck to dangerous areas before we shoot as opposed to just shooting from every, every direction, every angle for the sake of putting pressure on the goalie. It's one thing to get pressure on the goalie. It's more important to get meaningful pressure on the goalie. You gotta get that goalie moving left to right. You gotta get that goalie off balance so that you, when you get that puck to a dangerous area, the goalie doesn't even have a chance. It's just a matter of putting the puck in the empty net. That's what's so encouraging about that particular quote. So one point in this messaging that I found interesting is the fact that Huska only had one career game as an NHL player. He said it in his remarks. I only got one game in the NHL as a player. I understand that if I wanted to get here again, 
the road was going to be really challenging. I didn't have a thousand games in the NHL of experience to draw upon as my credibility. I had one. I had to start all the way at the bottom of this journey as a junior hockey coach and work my way up. And I finally got to the AHL. And then a couple of years ago, I got to the NHL. And now I'm finally going to get a look as a head coach. And it's something that Conroy mentioned that part of the reason he wanted to do this was that he's giving Huska that first chance, that he's proven himself at every other level as a coach. He's just never had the opportunity to be an NHL head coach. And that's why it's so, that's why he felt it important to do it now because the flames need somebody who can foster an environment that everybody's going to feel comfortable in, that everybody's going to be able to be successful in. And it's another point quote. And this isn't a quote. This is paraphrasing. Huska said, I want it to be fun for these guys to come to practice. Not like an amusement park kind of fun, but to come to the rink, to be excited, to see the guys, to compete. And that, as a washed-up athlete, that spoke to me. Because at the end of the day, that's what practice was about. Going to see your friends on the team, trying to be better than them, and working your way up that food chain. You have a particularly good practice, you feel great about yourself, and your friends are busting your chops, and, ooh, look who's trying so hard. Yeah! I am trying hard. I want to get up in the lineup. And that's really encouraging. And that's the complete opposite of what we saw play out under Daryl Sutter last year, where guys were actively miserable. You had players who didn't know if they were going to play or not. You had guys who weren't finding out if they were playing or not until they went out for warmups and they saw the lineup card on the dry erase board. That's not a good environment when people are avoiding each other because they don't want to deal with confrontation. Uh, one other point in there that I thought was worth mentioning uh Conroy and Huska said that they will both they will collaborate on deciding who the next captain of the team is. I assume it'll be Michael Backlund, but we don't know. But we'll see how that plays out. Fostering healthy communication, that's the biggest key. You think about how the Jacob Peltier stuff played out with Daryl last year, about how he wasn't given clear messaging about how often he was going to play, that incident about him saying, oh, he had to use the bathroom versus that's not what actually happened. So it, it was very important that the Flames got somebody who understood how to communicate with a bunch of different types of people. Daryl Sutter is unapologetically himself. He is who he is. He is not changing at this point. He is rooted in his ways. And for better or for worse, he insisted that he knew the way because of his track record, that he got this far in the hockey world because he knew what he was doing. Now you're going to the opposite end of that spectrum. Somebody who's had to work their way up that ladder so incrementally over an extended 20 plus years of coaching at different levels. That type of workman attitude is infectious. That type of understanding of all different types of players, because you're coaching at the junior level, the AHL level. you got to deal with guys who know they're never making the NHL. you got to deal with guys who, if they don't make the NHL, they would feel like an utter failure. And that's what's good about this. This is somebody who's worked with a handful of guys on the team, and we're going to talk about that coming up in the next segment. Want to thank everybody for hanging out here Tuesday afternoon episode of Locked on Flames where we got your team covered every single day as the summer ramps up and we have more actual hockey to talk about. We have roster moves. We have hockey ideas where we could talk stuff like scheme and systems and the more X's and O's stuff to make you guys more informed, a little bit more empowered to your information, your what you think about the team, all of that good stuff. So the last segment is very clearly and very obviously what this all means. The Flames are at an organizational crossroads. 
They have several key free agents coming up in the next few years, including Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Michael Backlund. They have a couple of younger players who kind of need, they need a real look like Dustin Wolf and Jacob Peltier that you have real guys who need opportunities. And this is what's going to make this interesting as an outside observer. You feel, hey, this coach has been at the AHL level. He's coached a handful of these guys. And you heard me mention it before. Somebody who has a track record coaching Rasmus Anderson, Chillington, Andrew Mangiapane, guys that the Flames are going to need to find that next level. Because if the Flames are going to go back to the playoffs, they're going to need Rasmus Anderson to bounce back from that injury he suffered during that scooter accident. They're going to need the 2021-2022 Andrew Mangiapane. They're going to need a coach who's going to be able to help Chillington with whatever he was going through this past season that kept him away from the team. They're going to need somebody who can do that. And all of this, all of this is against the backdrop of trying to create an organizational environment where guys want to stay. That, I think, is the biggest key to me here is it's one thing to have a good environment. It's one thing to have a good hockey team. Can you create something now, Adam Huska, where Adam Huska, I did it again. I am such a bad host. I I, I apologize to Ryan Huska because I'm going to do that a thousand times over the next couple of years doing this because I do mix up Adam and Ryan Huska because they have the same last name. And I frankly, I am much more familiar with Adam Huska's work than Ryan Huska's work. But that's neither here nor there. They are going to need a coach who can set up an environment where players are happy to be here because that becomes a selling point. Because when it comes time for free agency, and we know Canadian teams struggle to get free agents for a variety of reasons. When it comes time for restricted free agents to decide, hey, do I want to go somewhere else? Do I want to use my leverage and try and get to a better situation? Or do I want to stay here? Or if you're trying to work something out with a trade and you want to trade for somebody, but to get them to agree to an extension, you got to elevator pitch them. You need guys who are happy to be here. That can be your testimonials where it's like, yeah, we, we want you to join our team here. Talk to Rasmus Anderson about his experiences here. And he'll tell you all about how we've helped him do X, Y, and Z as a player. And we're really excited for you to have that opportunity to do the same thing. That's where we're at now. It's not just about winning. It's not just about trying to chase that ever-elusive championship. It is about creating an environment that lasts 10, 15 years. And it's something that Conroy said during the press conference. He hopes him and Huska work together the next 10, 15, 20 years. Because that would mean it worked. That would mean everything worked out if you have a coach-GM tandem that lasts 10-plus years. And, of course, we're in the babies. We, are, we aren't even in the honeymoon phase yet. We are still in the, oh my God, this person likes me phase of this relationship between Huska and the team. It could very easily go very bad this year. Maybe it does. Maybe it really does. Maybe the Flames absolutely stink. They blow it up. They trade everybody. Okay, they still got to start over. What better person to have start over than a coach who has AHL experience on a team that's going to have a bunch of tweeners between the AHL and the NHL? So no matter what, I at the very least feel like Huska understands the job knows what it's going to take to be successful. And you feel, based on that press conference, that at the very least, he's an articulate, thoughtful person. And uh, he has put together enough of a plan about what he can do to improve the team that the GM, 
the other, the president of hockey ops, the president of business ops, and the owner of the team all felt good about it. At the very least, this is somebody who's been around, who, who's been with the team directly, somebody who played the good cop on this team last year. That was something I read in one of the write-ups. I want to say it was Sportsnet's write-up of the press conference was the anecdote that Huska was the good cop to Daryl Sutter's bad cop. He always had his office door open so that if players needed to talk, they could. I want to say it was Huska who said, and I might be misquoting here, but I think, I'm pretty sure it was Huska. It could have been Conroy that said not every player is the same now. Some players back in the day, if the coach didn't say anything to them, they thought they were fine. But now it's a little bit different. Now guys sometimes need that constant feedback cycle where like, even if they're doing well, they want to hear it like, Hey, you're doing a great job, man. Keep it up. Even if it's just that quick, even if it's just that brief, sometimes guys just want to hear that affirmation that they're doing. Okay. They don't need that silence. They prefer messaging. They prefer to be coached up as opposed to a hands-off situation. And we're going to see, there's an entire feeling out process to go over this summer there will be tweaks to the roster. There will be guys who get training camp invites that are pet projects for the GM, for the coach. But we'll get there when we get there. At the very least, the Flames have shown the ability to execute a good hiring process. We don't know if it is going to be successful, and we can't comment on if it will be successful for a few years. Just to be frank, the average NHL coach lasts three and a half seasons. We'll probably know enough about Huska as a coach by the end of the first one to kind of decide, oh, God, this is a disaster. B, he's fine. Or C, this guy's really good. We'll, we'll, have a, we'll have an understanding of which tier of coach he's in pretty quickly, especially if he's really good or really bad. If he's in the middle, it might take two. But at the very least, you feel, okay, the Flames have a direction now. Now you need to establish your identity, your philosophies, what you're going to be all about. We, we The Flames spent the entire 2022-2023 season trying to figure out who are we, what type of team are we going to be, who can we be. And they never figured out what really was going to work for them this year. And yeah, they had stuff that didn't work out for them. They had two goalies really struggle. They really struggled on the power play. But at the very least now... You have somebody who was here, who's got a running start now. You don't have to do the awkward getting to know you stuff. There are going to be no weird icebreakers at the first day of training camp where the coach has to kind of feel these guys out. He knows the vast majority of these guys because he's been the assistant coach the last couple of years. I'm very excited to see if he can unlock something in Jonathan Huberto or Nazem Kadri that wasn't there. If he can build Peltier up enough to make him feel super, make him feel confident enough to hit the ground running, to get Chillington right back into the top four, ready to play 18, 19 minutes a game. All of those things are really exciting. And that's what's good here. It would have been very easy for the Flames to take the easy way out and say, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot easier for us to just keep Daryl one more year. He's old anyway, and then we can give him a symbolic job. We'll get a GM in here who can work with him, who can placate him for now. The Flames did the right thing here. That That is what I feel good about. They did the right thing in this process, and they're going to go about this the right way. That will just about do it for today's episode of Locked on Flames. I hope everybody has a good rest of their day. Make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. We got your team covered every single day. I will be back with you guys tomorrow, and we're going to talk a little bit about the roster and maybe some of the ideas for how we can get more out of who's already on the team. I'll see you guys then.